98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Bigly Blast. We are outlaws and outliers in Arizona. We do things our own way. We are the hockey town that boos Wayne Gretzky and cheers Gary Bettman. We leave most of our stadiums half empty, except for the Phoenix Open and the Cactus League, which can't print enough tickets because they're all about cocktailing and people watching, where the sporting event is just background noise. And then there's our football coaches. We have two head coaches in the Valley who should be on the hot seats in their respective sports and they are not in fact place water on their seats and in both cases it might turn to ice herm edwards is in no apparent danger he will not be fired in the upcoming season heck he hasn't even been interviewed by ncaa investigators yet and cliff kingsbury has the cushion of a crazy long contract awarded to him despite all of his mistakes and growing pangs and second half collapses and All right, I'll stop because my duty does require giving Cliff a clean slate to a point. And one of the early trends I like with the Cardinals is the presence and the vibe of Kingsbury. He seems more comfortable and a little more in control. And I can guarantee you that would not be the case if he entered the season worried about his mortgage in Paradise Valley. But if this is the year that Kyler Murray has to grow up, this is also the year Kingsbury must grow into a very big job. A year when he must scheme for the loss of DeAndre Hopkins, where he is going to be featured on Hard Knocks after enduring a bunch of them in his first three seasons. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. I made a rule to myself when I started coaching. I don't watch a ton of that stuff. Um, it's like I like to escape, so it's either reading or Netflix. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury asked the other day, you're watching Hard Knocks? Do you pay attention to it? Because he's going to be featured on Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he'll watch those episodes over again either. Um, I-, I agree with your assessment on Kingsbury from a comfort standpoint seems like he is and I don't know it's probably a combination of two things it's a combination of hey I got a contract extension how many new head coaches come in uh, that don't get to a second contract so there's that comfort that security there but also just time Um, you know being in his fourth year now having gone through three camps of different varieties because of COVID and what they've had to go through that can lend uh, some some comfort to the the situation too Mm -hmm. now does that comfort bleed over to Sundays in the play calling and being able to unlock the potential, which I still think we are waiting for Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and the rest of that offense to unlock what is I sky-high potential for that offense. That's yeah, the biggest question. I, I agree, and I look, I look at what the Cardinals are doing, and in theory, I'm, I'm a big fan of stability in football organizations, um, like the Pittsburgh Steelers are the classic example. Mike Tomlin has been there forever. Um, their GM is been there for quite some time, if I'm not mistaken, and and I like that kind of stability. But you got to make sure you've got the right people, and and they have afforded and and allowed Cliff Kingsbury to make a lot of mistakes on the job, and and a lot of it is in the second half, and a lot of it is in the high leverage situations in which his lack of comfort seems to reflect in his job performance. And so my hope is this is this contract extension given to him at, at its base, its validation. It's 
proof that, okay, you earned a second one of these. And to be fair, the improvement is right there on paper from one season to the next to the next. Now, we know it's not that, you know, it's not that it's not that binary. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's it's very nuanced and complicated in inside all of those seasons. But I do believe that if you are making this commitment to, to have Cliff Kingsbury be your kind of Sean McVay, your Kyle Shanahan, your Mike Tomlin, then, then you got to make sure that you got a guy that's bringing something special to the table. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think he's going to have the opportunity this year to to reverse a lot of a lot of perceptions about him, and he's going to be able to do it because he's going to have to scheme an offense without DeAndre Hopkins, which he's had plenty of time to do, and he's got plenty of. Of weapons on offense in which to do it, there are, the the talent concerns are not on the offensive side of the football. Um, they drafted a tight end with their second round draft pick, which is their first draft pick of the whole thing, which was it, it, interesting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then there's the hard knocks thing that is coming later on in the season, in which he is going to be getting a lot of airtime. And this is going to be, you know, for a guy with 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 movie star good looks, this is going to be something that you would think they would want to prominently feature him. Oh yeah, I, I I think that'll be and and the coaches usually do get featured mm-hmm. depending on what kind of content you give. We'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, Dan Campbell's going to be the star yeah, of this, right? But he like but Cliff doesn't do that easily. Dan Campbell, no. it just gushes out. of Yeah, him. that's that's who he is. Unless it is like I was implying yesterday, maybe we see a side to Cliff that none of us knew existed. Maybe this is his coming out party where well, I we think see it like, is, but could, I don't necessarily mean that that we've been wrong about who he is up until this point. No. I think it's it's like a slow opening kind of flower, if you will. Yeah, the sense of humor that he's shown us just in this offseason, that doesn't happen. He's always had that. He just hasn't really shown it to right. us. Right. I, I That's mean, exactly right. I mean more like the leadership behind the scenes because we we think of him as Coach Bro and whatever mm-hmm. and such a player's coach and designating to other coaches and stuff. Maybe this will show how actually hands-on he is behind the scenes that maybe we don't see. Oh, I think we'll, we'll definitely get a look at that. Uh, but you hit on something big too, and, and talking about you know things that have plagued Cliff Kingsbury mm-hmm. last year. It's still hanging in the air because the Cardinals have not played another football game yet, and that is Cliff Kingsbury's culpability, his own admission of responsibility. I did not do a good enough job of scheming up an offense without DeAndre Hopkins. That's the biggest question, uh, one of the biggest questions for him going into this season, and it's a question he can answer immediately. Oh, because of right. six, the six game suspension, yeah, it's not ideal right. for anybody, but it kind of lines up conveniently yeah. if, if if that's something you want to accomplish. Yeah, and and I think that I think it can go in stages. I think that you know if the Cardinals look competent um, in the preseason, because again, I don't think Kyler Murray is going to see the field once. So you get three games, and if you at least if if the offense looks crisp, if there's not a lot of penalties, if it looks like a, a real competent outfit, I think that'll help Cliff Kingsbury, and I think you know. And Kyler Murray, everybody I talk to inside that team, they're assured the team is going to get off to a fast start. It's almost like they believe that's part of their DNA, that all they have to do is fix the back end. Man, I'm telling you, the schedule is no joke coming out of the gate. No, it's not. It's, I, I think it's tough all the way through, quite it's honestly. It's the Chiefs, it's the Raiders on the road, and it's the Rams. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> those are, I mean, potentially those three playoff teams. That's tough. Um, I, and you know what? And and final thought on this too, because I just had a, a thought triggered from from last summer. Mm-hmm. 
Remember in the second preseason game, Kyler Murray started and played one series or one possession and went one for four for two yards. Oh, it was. And the amount of concern, and it was like, we need to see more. We need to. I'm so glad. I'll be very glad if he doesn't step on the field because. He doesn't want anywhere to be anywhere near a field when there's not real life. Yeah. I'm glad we won't have to deal with yeah. that this, this right. preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up next, Bick mentioned another Valley head coach in his blast today. Herm Edwards. What about the uh, future of Herm Edwards, the future for ASU football? It's a concern, especially for a prominent former Sun Devil. We'll get into that and more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Seven FM, Arizona's sports station. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata mornings. You know, there's very low expectations for the Sun Devil football team this year. And I think that can almost be a good thing. You know, less media distractions can be sometimes better for your locker room. Um, and like I said, especially if these guys come together during camp, you know, they don't have any outside noise to deal with right now. They're just focused on, on themselves getting better every day, their teammates, their coaches, and they're just focused on, on you know, inside the Sun Devil building, which I think could be great. That's Brock Osweiler, former ASU quarterback, former NFL quarterback, now an ESPN college football analyst. He'll uh, make his debut in a few weeks on uh, ESPN, North Carolina State and East Carolina. But talking there, Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed that conversation yesterday. It wasn't necessarily all happy subject matter because of everything that's happening locally with college football and everything that's happening nationally with college football. But I think Brock hits on something. Now, with all due respect to him, if you are a team, and let's say Arizona State, and recently they... They have gone into seasons, Bick, with expectations put on them. Last year being one of them. They fell short of those expectations. But you look at those expectations as a positive because you're, you're getting attention. People are noticing what you're doing. In a situation like this year where there's no expectations, that's also spun as a positive. So it, it, it can't happen both ways. But I do also believe the point the guys that are on that football team right now for Arizona State, with everything that's gone on, they want to be with that program for whatever the reason, whether mm-hmm. it's fulfilling a commitment, whether it's a chance at, at redemption from a different school that they're transferring from. I don't think that same element of guys with one foot out their door exists, at least right now, for ASU football. Yeah, and that no, could be a positive okay. early. It, yeah, that's and I do agree with that. I do think that the vibe um, has got to be better. It has to be better. There, uh, The fact that, that Herm Edwards and others try to claim there were no distractions is almost in, in damning their own performances. Mm-hmm. Because at least if you leaned on the distractions as a feasible excuse, you give some people something to, to explain the penalties and the lack of focus and, and and all and the underachieving and all of that, uh, but I do agree that that there's no fear of okay, what coach is next? Can you believe they just fired that guy? Can you believe? There's none of that. So I, I do believe that. Um, I don't know if the worst has passed, but at least in terms of it distracting the football team, I think you could make an argument for that. Yeah, three weeks from today, we will have a football game to talk about from ASU. 
you know Thursday night opener against NAU, so we'll be able to actually break down what the first uh, look mm-hmm. at the Sun Devils looks like. Uh, and again, I mentioned we we talked about a lot of things with Brock Osweiler yesterday and uh, college football and and how it's changing and uh, the NIL thing. I don't know if you saw the story coming out of Dallas. All these schools being very creative with how they're attacking NILs. Mm-hmm. Every member of the SMU football team will draw a salary of $36,000 a year. How about that? Every member of the team. Yeah. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, maybe you're thinking, oh, 36000 That every member of the team, guys that don't play, will be making that much. That's more than a, a lot of professionals making different um, different uh, professions around the uh, around the country right now. It, it, it's crazy. Uh, Brock Osweiler talked about how much NIL has changed the makeup of college athletics. You've totally changed the dynamics of college football. It is no longer an amateur sport. When you have a receiver, let's use that for an example, in a receiver meeting room, possibly making a half a million to a million dollars in NIL money, but his position coach is making one hundred and fifty to $250,000, do you think that 18, 19, 20-year-old kid is going to give, you know, for a lack of better words, do you think he's going to care what that position coach is saying to him? No, you know, because he's just going to say, well, coach, I make more money than you. What, what can you tell me that I don't already know? I'm real curious because he also suggested yeah. in, in that interview, hey, NIL needs a governing body. I think college football needs a, a you know, a, a, a head, uh, a commissioner of sorts. But if this doesn't go checked, what does the next three to five years look like in college football? Oh, you I think it's the Wild West now. Yeah. I, I I think there'll be there'll probably be some corrections. I think I think the wildness is now. Yeah, I don't think a few years from now it would be. I, yeah, I, I think I hope they corral it a little well, bit. Well, something has to happen. I I I think that there are a lot of schools who are in danger of getting left behind. And I think ASU is clearly one of them. It's it's not a game anyone wants to play. But college football is they're fooling themselves if you didn't see this day coming. And if you didn't, more to the point, if you didn't create this day, and the and, and the fact that that the NCAA is still investigating, it, there are probably outstanding cases about bribery mm-hmm. and and money changing hands. Yeah, at the at the time all this is going on, I bet you there is, and so it's it's kind of laughable. I, I'm I'm really concerned just what what this is all going to feel like in terms of college football. Uh, in terms of, of of how this is going to be going forward. What, what you're talking about, like, just watch. You know, a year from now, U of A will be punished for paying DeAndre Ayton three years into when it was legal to pay. <laughs> it's been legal to pay players since then. Wait, I was told he was not paid, Jared. Well, I'm saying that, you know, they're going to unfairly punish them. For... Are they lying about us, what yeah. you're saying? Um, did you see what's going on at Kentucky? <laughs> John Calipari is demanding that Kentucky's basketball team get a new practice facility. Mm -hmm. So he said, uh, quote, this is a basketball school. It's always been that. Alabama is a football school. So is Georgia. I mean, they are. No disrespect to our football team. I hope they win 10 games and go to bowls. At the end of the day, it makes my job easier. It makes the job of all of us easier. But this is a basketball school. And so we need to keep moving in that direction and keep doing what we're doing. Mark Stoops, the head coach mm. of the Kentucky football team, quote tweeted it and said, Basketball school? I thought we competed in the SEC. Hashtag four straight postseason wins. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of feathers got ruffled there. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective, Bick, 
Kentucky, basketball school or football oh, school? Oh, gee, let me think about that for a minute. That's ridiculous. I did. Kentucky's but, a cheerleading school, and we all know it. <laughs> Are they good at cheerleading? Yes. Are they? National champs Is all that time. right? Yeah. Okay. Bring it on. They're the standard. Oh, it's the, already been brought in, Vince. The, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a ranking for uh, for what programs have the most um, integration and connection with fans right now based on ticket sales. And so they ranked basically the most in-demand college football teams based on cumulative ticket sales. Top Number one is Ohio State, which which it hasn't been in this metric ever before. Wow. And, they, you know, they got a great player in C.J. Stroud. They're second in the nation. You can understand that. But, but if I read you this list now, it's Ohio State followed by Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State, Auburn, and LSU. And once again, it reflects what the future of college football is going to be. That is, everything is going to be around the Big Ten and the SEC, and what is what is the constellations going to look like around them? Because the payouts for the schools and those two conferences are going to dwarf. No matter what the Pac-12 comes up with, no matter how much leverage they might have with ESPN, their payout is going to be dwarfed by the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah. And how are in terms of long-term strategies, what does that mean? And and in terms of putting together a playoff field, what does that mean? Are these super conferences now in a current situation going to say, oh, no, we want all four playoff berths. You're not getting one. You're not worthy. Well, that's the next thing to happen is expanded playoffs, but that's still or, ways down the road. Or or just those two conferences saying, we're good. We've got our own playoff. Yeah. Don't you? We don't care about you. you we'll do, have our own You do unquote, your college football playoff. Yep. We're, not, we're not coming. Yeah. We'll just have uh, Big Ten against SEC that's champions cool. every right. year. We'll have the live college football uh, playoffs. <laughs> Speaking of, somebody before the show is over today, you've got to ask me about Scotty Scheffler. Your new hero. Oh, <laughs> love that guy, Scotty Scheffler. Coming up next, a closer look at the Arizona Cardinals with somebody who covers them every day. Darren Urban from azcardinals.com will join us next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Zones. Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Bickley and Murata. Friday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings, live from the Auction Community Studios. Cardinals, Bengals tonight, preseason opener at Paycor Stadium. You'll hear it right here. Joining us now, covers the uh, Cardinals for azcardinals.com. Darren Urban checks in on the Arizona sports line. Darren, how are you, man? I'm doing good. I, I do have a question. I know that uh, you and, and Dan were out of practice. I saw Sarah out of practice. When's, when's Jarrett coming out? <laughs> Jarrett, when are you coming out to practice? I have a, I had a thing that I had to yeah. do. That he had to wash his hair, yeah. Darren. Well done, Darren. <laughs> Just checking. Just well checking. done. All right, going into tonight's game, I, I, I'm really curious to see what Trace McSorley's all about. Do you share any of that? How's he look to you in practice from what you've seen? Uh, you know, I think he's been about what you would expect. I mean, there are definitely some flashes, and I, I understand um, some of the things they like about him. He definitely has a little bit of athleticism. I think he kind of fits in what Cliff Kingsbury would want. And 
more importantly, I, I think he's definitely somebody that Cliff Kingsbury likes a lot. So, um, you know, I, I know that uh, Guarantano is going to get some snaps at the end of the game uh, today. Um, but if this team ends up keeping three quarterbacks, which I think they probably should, given the, the history of Kyler Murray and just having that just in case, um, I would think that Trace McSorley is in a really good spot. But you do want to see him in game action, and uh, this will be a good opportunity for him. Uh, staying on the offense at the running back spot, Eno Benjamin has been one of the more talked-about players by Cliff Kingsbury this entire offseason, Darren. Uh, he's going to get some run tonight. They bring in Daryl Williams. But Bick and I were talking about it earlier, and a lot of people feel this way, that Daryl Williams has been kind of not talked about. Eno Benjamin has been talked about. Do you get the feeling that you know, Eno is ahead of Daryl Williams right now? Now on the on the running back depth chart, I just I don't know if I necessarily I, I guess I would say ahead in terms of, of playing time. I think the other part of it, too, guys, is the fact that I think Eno provides a little bit better balance maybe to what James Conner might do than maybe Daryl Williams, and that doesn't mean Daryl Williams won't be used. Uh, but I, I just feel like when you had, I, I think they really liked what they had in Connor and Chase Edmonds last year. And I think Eno fits better what Chase was doing, Chase Edmonds. So I, I think that's kind of part of it. I mean, the other thing, too, is James Connor. Uh, you know, get, has gotten banged up in the past. Every team goes through multiple running backs. Sure. I think ultimately over 17 games, they're going to need all three of those guys. I, I'm not sure how much we're going to see in the next three games. Clearly, we're probably not going to see any of Kyler at all, but I'm, I'm curious from somebody who's been covering football a long time, how much growth do you see in Kyler Murray just in terms of how he's relating with people? I, I've noticed he's been spending a great deal amount of time signing autographs after practice and and that to me, that to me is meaningful. What are your thoughts on the growth of him? Well, starting Dan, I appreciate you making the uh, indirect comment that I'm old. So thank you for that. Um, I would say I, I I do get that sense a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not in the locker room uh, as much as I have been in the past because of COVID. Hopefully, that'll start to change. Um, it does feel like he's in a little bit different of a place now. He just got his contract. He's he knows he's got his big money and he knows where he's going to be the next few years. Maybe maybe that is something that is kind of off his mind now, where he can kind of relax a little bit. I, it was funny. Um, I know there was so much made of. The comment Cliff Kingsbury made the other day when he, when it first he was first talking about Kyler calling plays in practice, and there was a hue and cry across the nation about how Cliff Kingsbury apparently was taking a jab at him, which was really weird to me because I was in the room and I did not take it that way. Well, Kyler kind of came up to a handful of us at practice on uh, Wednesday, yesterday, and he kind of comes up to me and he goes, "Hey," he goes, "Make sure," and he had a huge smile on his face. He goes, "Make sure you tell the media." and everybody that those plays are all scripted. He goes, I'm not, I'm not picking these things. I'm just reading <laughs> off a, a script. So he goes, so it, I, it's not my fault, you know, or whatever he said. So I think he had some fun with it. I don't see Kyler doing that last year or the year before. Uh, I've developed a, a pretty decent relationship with Kyler. 
And I, I, I would agree with you. I feel like he's in a little bit better of a place. But again, it's going to come down to how he performs on the field. And, and we know there's, there's still going to probably be some ups and downs in terms of how he's perceived. He's a quarterback. There's always going to be criticism. Uh, and that doesn't, that's more than just Kyler. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's Tom Brady. That's whoever, if you, if you have some downtimes. Darren Urban from azcardinals.com, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. A lot's been made about the cornerback position. Uh, you know, spotlight on Marco Wilson in year two for him to step up and grab one of those starting spots. But as it breaks down right now, Darren, do you feel like the corners that will make up this group for uh, opening week against Kansas City, are they all on the roster right now? Mm, I, you know what? That's a that's a great question. I, I, I if I had to make a bet right now, I'm going to say they're going to add somebody before the first game. But I I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I mean, there could be a trade, there could be a signing. I, I think there's a there's a you know there's a couple veterans out there who you could still sign, but who knows what kind of money they're asking for? And if you're not sure, if you're a team and you're not sure how much an older veteran has left. Um, the, the reality is, 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 do you really want to guarantee them two, three, four million dollars when, if you sign them after the first week, it's not a guarantee anymore? Especially if you're not sure how much they've got left. And you know, this team has signed veterans uh, before that have worked out really well, and they've signed a couple that have not. Uh, once you get them in here, and you realize, oh, they're they're out of gas. So. I think that's a position they absolutely need to address at some point. Um, whether it happens right away or not, I don't know. I, I think the trade market's going to be interesting because you always have these trades at the end of the preseason where, hey, we'll swap you this guy we're going to release for your guy who you're going to release. And we like them, and we don't want them to get out there on waivers. We'd like to make sure we get our hands on them because, again, with the Cardinals and their waiver position, uh, they're not going to get very many decent prospects that are cut because all these – going to be way down the list after 11 wins last year so I, I think that's another possibility now i've already said i'm i'm driving the bandwagon for isaiah simmons i, I love everything about the kids energy this year but zavin collins I, i'm not sure anyone knows what to expect what do you think about him having a a starting role tonight in a preseason game do, is it fair to expect him to pop off the screen somehow some way if he's playing up against maybe mainly backups well, I can tell you right now, Dan, that's who I'm watching tonight uh, for what I want to do. And uh, fair, I don't know if the right word is fair, but, I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I've heard you guys talking about that and, and making comparisons to guys in summer league for the NBA. And, uh, you know, it's a little harder when you're a linebacker mm. necessarily because the, the, you don't get to con- totally control what you're – you know, how the plays are going and all that stuff. But, yeah, you want to see him flash. And, um, you know, he's going to get some playing time tonight, and uh, there's a lot riding on him. And I think he knows that. And what to expect, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I, I just don't know. I don't know which way this goes with Zayvon Collins. I think he's a smart kid. Uh, I think he's incredibly athletic. 
and he's he's built exactly how you'd want to build that position in terms of how he's made up in terms of size and speed. So we got we got to see if he can get it, and we're not going to know until we're out on the field. Darren, great stuff. Yeah, great uh, I got I got to know with you in Cincinnati is Skyline Chili part of the pregame meal plan for you today? <laughs> I can't say that uh, I'm going to have any Skyline Chili, but I did get a chance to walk past uh, Great American Ballpark this morning, so that was a, a nice, nice little walk. Ah, very nice. cool, Darren. Thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate Thanks, it. Anytime, guys. Darren yeah. Urban, azcardinals.com, does a great job covering the yes, uh, team over there. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, an appearance last night at the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa, from our next guest. Our guy on, Harry. Our guy Harry's coming back. Uh oh. Will he be? <laughs> will it be him or a, holo- crossed. or a hologram? Oh. Well, maybe we'll find out next. Bickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata mornings on ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Oh, the music, the majesty. The corn. The cone. Cubs and Reds last night. Dyersville, Iowa. Field of Dreams game. A game won by the Chicago Cubs. And uh, we welcome back for the first time in a very long time to our show the man we refer to as our guy, Harry, who joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Harry, are you there? Hey! Well, listen, fellas, I'm not too uh, happy right now. Oh, no. Uh, Honesty compels me to report that my ass is... Leap that out if you want. But I just want to say this. And one other thing, too. You talk about this Fox TV network. Well, get the delay ready, bitch. Uh-oh. I just want to, I think the correct pronunciation would be Fox U, <laughs> because I, I think, uh, what does, but maybe my wrath is directed wrongly, because the real problem is this imitator. Yeah. And, uh. And uh, I just want to say that when do we go on, Vic? How much time we got? We got about we got about six minutes. You're on pitch. now, Harry. Yeah, 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 Harry oh, uh, yeah. What do you mean I'm on? What do you think so, I'm on? Uh, so, you're, Carrie, you're absolutely right. Harry Carey imitators—they're the absolute worst. And the fact that they uh, ran out—the fact that they ran out a hologram last night—it didn't even look like you. A hola what? <laughs> I'm. Halloween. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I just know this, and I want to point out this. We'll get to all the imitators in time, a bit. but Johnny the Leg Terrafinado is on this assignment, and that's... Did Johnny call you for backup? He might not have my new number, but you you can pass it on to him if you want. <laughs> because I'm say this: this imitator is a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. I never wore a sport coat like that in my life. I That's know. what I was uh, thinking too, Harry. I never had a cough. 
if you will, of hair like that. That made me look like I was uh, one of these, uh, let's just say, not a home run hitter. And I never wore a, a pair of geekish glasses like that. Right. What do you, Your glasses I were was thick, always Harry. on top of the style. Yeah. If you, you know that, Bick. You know how I had to shake them off with oh, a stick. Harry. I've told you many times. Yes. Gals make passes. And guys, guys with big glasses. With big glasses. <laughs> hey. Hey. Harry, there's a man know. running for third. He's going for third, oh, Harry. There's a wild throw. Here's the imitator. Hey, he gets knocked down now. <laughs> Johnny Terrafinado. <laughs> Slid in aggressively on a pink rose. And we think that the imitator may be seriously hurt. There's something that needs to be done. And I am appointing you, Dick Danley, from Danley's Garage World. Uh-huh. I am appointing you the magistrate, if you will. Uh, the lasagna fellas, a fine boy. And, Thank you, uh, yep. Vince Lasagna, no he's doubt. someone that, of course, has the right vowels to help Johnny. <laughs> and his assignment, too. Get this imitator. If exactly. I may speak in code. Exactly. Uh, have you spent what any time hell? with... Uh, I can talk to you guys. Of you we're can. not on the air. No, anything. not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll give you a heads up when we're about to go live. Yeah, I know you will. Yeah. So, uh, have you spent any time How's with Vince How's your Scully? restaurant? How's your restaurant? <laughs> well, the guys, you know... I think that we had a problem with the calamari <laughs> recently. <laughs> they say it's a, a, a supply leak right. or something supply along chain those issue. lines. Yeah, right. I did, but I don't involve myself so much in the day-to-day anymore now, Big. But, of course, uh, we know the importance of the tomato in the sauce. Well, you do know Calamari is playing quarterback for the Cardinals, don't you, Harry? Are they still playing at Comiskey? <laughs> They've moved a couple times they since then. Yeah, uh, 80 years ago, they moved from Chicago. Uh, have, uh, have you spent any time with I Vin Scully? This. Vin Scully, have you seen Vin lately? No, I haven't seen Vinny. Uh, he's one of the fe- the only fellas, a, a great friend, as it were. Uh, Vin was one of the only fellas who got my anthem, my seventh inning stretch right. That's true. And uh, when he did it at Wrigley Field with Gary on the organ, <laughs> on your organ, big. <laughs> I understand you've been organ playing. <laughs> and, uh, I'm a guitarist, Harry, but thanks for asking. Oh, the guitar. What right. are you, one of those? You're, well, who do you think you are now, Jethro Hall? <laughs> Jethro Hall. 
<laughs> Harry, good, good, good luck in your battle against the imitators, Harry. Vin Scully is the only man that I would allow to sing my song besides me. Do we? Where's Gary? <laughs> okay, Gary. All right, Harry, we love you. Be good. Where's Gary? That's <laughs> our guy, Harry, in rare form today. And angry at the imitators. I love it. Isn't and not funny? liking the Halloween holograms. Isn't that great? Oh, goodness. It's been a while. <laughs> I like to just laugh for a whole segment. Uh, we got social studies coming up with Sarah Cazell next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.